And good evening and blessings to you, Hampton Roads and Tidewater. Good evening to all of you internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to this February 4th, 2020 episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're tuned into WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. And we're ready to get busy once again, breaking down, discussing, and offering insight into the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. Definitely hope to help you rebuild, repair, uh, enhance, grow, and even perfect your relationships. Want to help your marriages and your families. Want to help you in your relationship life. Now, this past Saturday, February the 1st, I celebrated another birthday and I have to pause and thank the Lord for his grace and mercy that has brought me this far. I'm not an old man by any chance, but I have seen some things. I have done some things and I've been some places and I know better than anybody in the whole wide world that I am only here because of God's grace and mercy. I am truly, 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 deeply, seriously, eternally grateful for another year. And I hope to honor God for the life and love he has given me by trying to profit and improve the lives of others with that same life and that same divine love. So I just want to thank the Lord for another birthday, uh, seeing another birthday this year. And I look forward to many Many, 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 many more. Now we're continuing in our multi-week series on men's issues. Uh, and the last two weeks I dealt with men and their ideas and concepts of marriage and family. And there's a lot going on in the mind and heart of a man where marriage and family are concerned. We could actually do a few more weeks on that. However, we have to move on. You can't stay here all year. Tonight, tonight I want to start a couple of weeks on the subject of men and their sexuality. I want to deal with men and their concepts and their ideas of sexuality. And as we discuss men and their sexuality, I really hope to touch on some of the more touchy but common difficulties concerning men's sexuality and their sexual experiences and their ideas and concepts of sex and sexuality all together. We want to touch on all of it in the next couple of weeks here. And so a couple of months ago when I dealt with a woman's sexuality, I started off by defining a woman's sexuality. I put that in the definition in a workable term so that we could have a common understanding here in uh, uh, the broadcast. Uh, and so I'm going to do the same thing for this series uh, dealing with men's sexuality and start off with a working definition of what I mean when I refer to a man's sexuality. And to be honest with you, I can actually define a man's sexuality the same way that I define a woman's sexuality. And all I have to do is just exchange the word woman for man or put man in the place of woman uh, where I define the woman's sexuality and we'll have the same thing. And if I just exchange woman for man, then it'll sound like this. A man's sexuality is the combination of his personal attributes, the synergy of those attributes, and how a man projects those attributes. 
Those attributes include his physical appearance, his personality, his disposition, his attitude, his mannerisms, his mental capacities, and other elements. So what I'm saying to you about a man's sexuality, a man's sexuality is the combination of his physical appearance, his personality, disposition, attitude, mannerisms, mental capacity, other elements about the man. All of those come together and there's a synergistic effect about those. They all come together and project this identity of the man. That's a man's sexuality. All these come together. They work together. And not only do they work together, but they are worked by a man to make him attractive. Yes, a man can learn how to work all of these elements about himself to project his identity. And that makes him attractive. And not all men are equally attractive. Don't get me wrong. Not all men are equally attractive here. The combination of attributes that I'm referring to, the combination of attributes has different impacts on different people. So uh, 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 the combination of attributes, it may be uh, 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 the height, the, the weight, the color of the skin, the color of the eyes, the color of the hair, the texture of the hair, the shape of the legs, uh, uh, and the sound of the voice. Uh, all of these things come together. And that's just a skimming on the surface there. But all of these things work together and the man works all of these things to uh, express and to project his particular and specific identity. And that's what makes him attractive to some women. But truth be told, not all men are equally attractive to every woman. So just like not all women are attractive to all men, not all men are attractive to all women. Uh, uh, so that statement and what I'm trying to say to you is that uh, when I'm talking about sexuality and not all men are attracted to all women and vice versa, what I'm really saying to you is that sexuality is more than just physical presentation. It's more than physical appearance. Don't ever get stuck on the physical appearance. Because the real beauty of a person, the real nature, the real character of a person, the real person is hiding beneath the surface. The surface covers up the real person. It's just like that iceberg. It's just like that iceberg. No matter how massive a iceberg looks to be on top of the water, no matter how massive the appearance of the iceberg is above the surface of the water, that is only 10% of the iceberg's mass. The other 90% of the iceberg's mass rests beneath the surface of the water. And so I don't want you to get caught up when I'm talking about the subject of sexuality and get stuck on physical appearance because like the iceberg, the person's physical appearance only amounts to about 10% of that person's true nature and character and personality. The remainder of that person, the core of that person rests beneath the surface. So remember, sexuality is the combination of attributes, the synergy of those attributes and how he works those attributes to make himself attractive and to project uh, uh, his identity. Uh, all that, all that the man's sexuality, all of that, it's a gift from God. It is a gift from God. 
And we have this gift set from God for a purpose. Whenever God gifts us, it is for a purpose. And the purpose of a man's sexuality, just like the woman's sexuality is given to her for purpose, the purpose of a man's sexuality, just like a woman's sexuality, is to facilitate intimacy with a man. The purpose of sexuality is to facilitate intimacy with the appropriate partner. Let me restate something that I've stated during the women's series. This intimacy that I'm talking about, it's about connecting deeply on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level. Intimacy, the, the intimacy that I'm talking about, it's about connecting deeply on a physical, an emotional and a spiritual level. If your intimacy is no deeper than the physical, you're missing the point and the purpose of real intimacy. You're missing the experience of real true intimacy. Intimacy is about connecting on a physical, emotional and spiritual level. The point of intimacy is for a woman and a man to get to know each other, accept each other, appreciate each other, love and support each other, and be companions to each other on the deepest level. This whole process is God's gift to mankind. I want to go back to something else that I said a couple of minutes ago also. A man's sexuality is the combination of his personal attributes. I want you to get this. A man's sexuality is the combination of his personal attributes and the synergy of those attributes, those attributes working together to project his identity. Those attributes include his physical appearance, his personality, disposition, attitude, mannerisms, mental capacity, everything about the man. You know good and well there are some things that are attractive about a person. It's other than the way they look. It's how they carry themselves. It's how they behave. It's how they conduct themselves. It's how they think. It's how they feel. It's how they make gestures towards you. It's how they emote. It's all of that. All of that is sexuality. And, 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 and what I'm getting to you is that a man gets some of these attributes innocently. He can't do anything about it. He, he, he gets his height innocently. That, that's just coming natural. It's genetic. He, he gets his hair color. Now, he may change his hair color sometime in the future. Uh, there are other things that he was born with he may change at some point in the future. But for the most part, some things are coming to him gen genetically. His body shape, his eye and hair color, his height, his weight. Uh, these are all matters of genetics. Now, his, his weight may change later on in life. Believe me, if you eat Whoppers every day, your weight is going to change uh, from what you are able to carry naturally when you were born. Uh, 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 if you're going to the gym and you're working out every day and you're moving muscle or you're moving weight and you're building muscle, your physique is going to change. There are some things about you that can change, but there are several things about you. It's just genetics. Even the sound of your voice, man, the sound of a man's voice, it's, that's defined by genetics. All these play a determinative role in forming his sexuality. Some things are coming to him uh, as a matter of his environment. 
those are going to help determine his sexuality also. Uh, uh, the way he was brought up, the way he was taught, the way he was socialized, the models that he watched, uh, uh, as I've called that socialization in the past. Other attributes about the man and other attributes that the man possesses, those are heavily influenced by his environment and his socialization. So some of your attributes that make up your sexuality, man, they're coming to you naturally by birth. It's all about genetics. Other portions of your attributes that make up your sexuality, they're coming to you by your socialization, by your, in, your environment influencing your growth, how you think and how you feel. Uh, so, but the combination again, whether it be naturally, genetically, whether it be environmentally and socializing, uh, all of those attributes are coming to you to make up your sexuality. Yeah, and, uh, and I know I use that word sexual, uh, socialization a couple of times. I want you to understand, keep in mind what, how I define that also. If you recall, when I refer to socialization, I'm talking about how the man's environment and his caregivers, his teachers, his role models, what he witnesses growing up, they all come together to help form his emotional and his psychological makeup. And, and he forms his ideas and his concepts about any particular subject based on his emotional and his psychological makeup. And so where the man's sexuality is concerned, the environment that he grows up in, uh, the house, his, his immediate family, his family of origin. Did he grow up with a mom and sisters? Uh, that's going to give him an environment that's going to impact his, his, uh, 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 forming of a sexuality. Did he grow up with a, a, a man and a father and brothers? Did he grow up with a mother and the father and he was the only boy or did he grow up with a mother, father and it was he brothers and only one girl in the family? Like in my family, I have three brothers and one sister. Uh, uh, so all of those things, uh, 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 um, those make up his sexuality. And when we're talking about his environment, we're talking as well about who modeled sexuality for him, who modeled womanhood and who modeled uh, manhood for him. Uh, however, it was that he observed those models that's going to heavily influence the formation of his sexuality. All right. So I hope you're following me there. So again, wh where man's sexuality is concerned, the environment he grows up in, as well as his caregivers, teachers, role models, his experiences, his experiences, they all come together to help form his emotional and psychological makeup. And it's from this emotional and psychological makeup that a man forms his ideas and concepts about his sexuality. And for that matter, the whole issue of sex, the whole matter of sex. So why is this important? This is important because this dynamic can cause a man's sexuality to work for him or against him. This dynamic can cause a man's sexuality to bring him results and outcomes that are either negative or positive. This dynamic can cause a man's sexuality to form into something that he uses to build fulfilling relationships or it may become something that prevents him from enjoying fulfilling relationships. 
So when I'm talking about a man's sexuality being heavily impacted and heavily influenced by his environment, his role models and his experiences from the earliest days of childhood growing up, man, that is eternally important. That is utterly important. He's going, this is where he's going to form his ideas. This is how he forms his concepts and his ideas about relationships with the opposite sex. This is where he's going to form his ideas about relationship with any sex. And to be honest with you, some men, some boys form ideas. They get ideas about relationships with the same sex based on those elements of their childhood. So all of this comes together. It helps forms his ideas and his concepts about sexuality and the, the uh, matter of sex altogether. It can work for him or it can work against him. Watch this. When the man's environment, when his caregivers, his teachers, his role models, his early childhood experiences, when they all work together on a man, there's a possibility that he may form either a functional or a dysfunctional ideology about his sexuality and the subject of sex. Once again, the purpose of a man's sexuality is to facilitate intimacy with a woman. And when a man has a healthy sexuality ideology, that's exactly what he's about. He's about establishing a long-term, a long-term, not a one-night stand, not a plaything, not a play bunny. He's about establishing a long-term committed relationship with a woman in which he can invest himself into supporting her while she reaches her potential. That's worth saying again. When his sexuality is working, when he has a healthy sexuality ideology, when he's formed a healthy framework for consideration of his sexuality, he's into investing himself into a long-term relationship with a woman into whom he can support and, and while she reaches her potential. A man with a healthy ideology regarding his sexuality seeks to love a woman like Christ loved the church. That means he understands that you cannot love without sacrificing. And he is secure enough in his person that he doesn't have to compete with a woman for love. He understands that I owe this woman love and I'm capable of giving her love and I don't have to fight with her for love. I don't have to compete with her for love, but I can sow myself. I can invest myself into loving her because that's how Christ loved the church. He can love her freely because loving her freely and sacrificially is the best way to receive the same kind of love, the same love that he desires to receive receive, the best way to receive that is to give that kind of love away. But only a man with a healthy ideology regarding his sexuality can love that way. A man with a healthy ideology of his sex sexuality uh, uh, seeks to be committed to one woman. He uses he uses the combination of his attributes. Remember those physical, his physical appearance, his personality, his disposition, his attitude, his mannerisms, his mental capacities, other elements about his makeup, his existence. He uses those intentionally. He intentionally synchronizes his attributes to attract 
a woman for the purpose of establishing a long-term relationship in which he loves her, secures her, cares for her, provides for her emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So let me say that again. And, and you know how men learn themselves and they learn their strengths. They learn their uh, weaknesses. They learn uh, the moves that work for them. Uh-huh. You understand what I mean. The man with a healthy sexuality, the man with a healthy concept of his sexuality, he's going to use his sexuality, all of his collection of attributes. He's going to work them together in a synergistic effect for the purpose of establishing a long-term relationship with a woman to love her, secure her, care for her, provide for her emotionally, physically, and spiritually. This man knows the man with a healthy sexuality formation, he knows that you don't mistreat, you don't misuse, you don't boss, you don't beat, you don't fuss at, you don't cuss at, you don't abuse a woman in any kind of way. A woman is much more than an object to him. To the man who has a healthy sexuality, a woman is much more than an object. And he's able to get excited about more than the allure of her physical appearance. He's a, the man with a healthy sexuality, the man whose sexuality is secure. He's secure in the knowledge of himself. He's formed the healthy concept of his sexuality. He's able to get excited about more than the size of her breasts and the shape of her hips. He respects women because he knows <coughs> that every woman is a special creation by God. He may not be attracted to every woman, but he understands he respects every woman. But then there's the man with the unhealthy ideology regarding his sexuality. The man with the unhealthy sexuality He's going to be the opposite of everything I just described. Wish I had time to talk about this some more, but we're going to get into some difficulties here that the man deals with. But the man with the unhealthy sexuality is going to be the opposite of everything I just described. This man's environment, his caregivers, his teachers, role models, his experience, they have worked together on this man to form a dysfunctional ideology about his sexuality and the subject of sex altogether. If he was raised in an environment where he constantly observed women being disrespected, then he learns to disrespect women. That becomes a part of his sexuality makeup. He learns to objectify women. To him, women are no more than objects of pleasure. The man with the unhealthy sexuality. To him, a woman is no more than an object of pleasure. The man with the unhealthy sexuality, he, he's going to be dysfunctional. He's going to be dysfunctional. The man who grows up uh, 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 somehow or another being void of, the, void of the right love, affection, and attention from his mother and his father, that's going to show up in his relationship with the opposite sex. That's going to show up in his relationships with the same sex. Don't have time to deal with that. But you, you know, if, if you if you if you grow up without love, without affection, 
If you grow up without the right uh, interaction, relationship with a significant female in his life, then he grows up desiring to receive that love and affection from a woman and woman, women turn into objects of his pursuit for conquest rather than pursuing one woman as an object of love for the long term. A boy who grows up watching his father hit his mother in order to impose his will on her learns that the way you settle matters in a male and female relationship is through force and violence. You wonder how a man becomes an abuser? He learned it. He learned it. And it helped to form his concept of sexuality. And if by chance he constantly sees his father hug or make up with his mother after hitting her, mistreating her, abusing her, he learns the strong lie. I'm going to describe a strong lie to you right here. Listen carefully. He learns the strong lie that love somehow includes force and violence. That's a strong lie. There is no physical force. There is no violence in love. You don't beat and force your will on people that you love. And certainly not a woman. A man who pays to have sex or pays to watch sex. A man who can sit and watch women strip dance and believe this behavior is okay is under the influence of a really, 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 really strong lie. He's believing a lie. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't mean to bust nobody's bubble, but uh, most of you are probably like me. You watched the Super Bowl the other night and uh, the halftime show came around. And I began to watch the halftime show and I lasted one hot minute. It took all of a minute and a half to see just the, I had seen in a minute and a half, I'm almost getting tongue tied here, but in a minute and a half, I had seen so many shots of women's crotches twisting and gyrating. Uh, 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 that was quite enough. This is the nature of sexuality in our society. Sex sales. These are all ideas and concepts of sex and sexuality that are built on lies. If you believe that you are an attractive woman because you're gyrating on a stage in front of the world, you're living by a lie. And if you're a man who believes that it's okay to sit there and watch a woman who's not your wife gyrate and reveal most of her bodies, leaving nothing to the imagination. But how in the world do you sit and watch that and not get ideas? Don't fall for the lie of sexuality. And you know, and I got to say this in, in the, at the risk of offending some people, in this day and time of Me Too, in this day and time of sexual exploitation, in this day, of time, day and time of, of uh, uh, sex trafficking and human trafficking, in this day and time when women are standing up saying, we're not going to take it anymore, how in the world, how in the world are we having all of these women's bodies floating around on stage, not half naked, but three quarters naked. 
you can't have it both ways. All right. I, I, I got knocked all off my time there. Uh, listen, I may have to finish this part on next week because I don't have time to get into the rest of what I wanted to get into. But uh, uh, a man's sexuality, the combination of his attributes that make him attractive to a woman. Those attributes may be his physical appearance, his attitude, his personality, his mannerisms, his, his uh, uh, the sound of his voice, the touch of his hand, uh, the way he walks, the way he talks. All of that comes together to form his attributes. And his attributes are going to be natural, genetic, but they're also going to come from his environment. But he learns to use those to project his identity. And that can work for him or it can work against him. It can be a positive or it can be a negative. He can use it to attract a woman with the purpose of establishing a long-term committed, supported relationship where the two are, are pouring into each other. Or he can use it to objectify women and treat them less than second-class citizens. Uh, I want you to think about this. Because we're going to be talking about this as we go on in this series for the next couple of weeks. Talking about a man's sexuality. Now listen, on next week I plan on having a special guest with me. I've had him here on before. But on next week I plan on having a special guest with me. And I want to invite everyone to be listening in on late Nick. Uh, next week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic right here on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. We're going to be with you again and we're going to continue on this idea of a man and his sexuality. You don't want to miss it. Tell somebody to come and join. And listen, if you have ideas or if you have questions about a man and his sexuality, why don't you send those to me? You can email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com or you can inbox me on Facebook. I believe you can find me at Bishop Carl Hodges. Listen, you can listen to this broadcast or any other of the past. You can find us on iTunes, The CD Hodges' Podcast, or you can go to your smart device, find that little purple icon for podcast, open that up and search The CD Hodges' Podcast. You'll find us there. Hey, it's been a joy, a thrill, and a great privilege to be with you tonight. I'm all out of time. We got to get out of here, but just remember, you can't have peace until you surrender your life 